I notice you have three X's tattooed on the back of your neck. I think that's rather appropriate, seeing as you're looking at three strikes. Grand Theft Auto, Reckless Endangerment, and that little bridge stun of yours makes you three-time loser. Maybe you should call yourself Triple X. But if you do what I want, I'll make all your recent criminal transgressions go away and let you get back to that pathetic excuse of life. So what's it going to be, Triple X? You want to get on a plane? Or is Kiss My Ass Scarface your final answer? Welcome to the junk drawer. Joseph Gordon-Levitt sees the tweet <laughs> and replies, watch it again, it's mostly Tom's fault. How's the body? Great body. <laughs> no. <laughs> the dead body. The dead <laughs> body. I'll give you 20 minutes. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it's like, all that you need to do is shoot guns and have sex? Uh, I'd give it an 80%. Oh my That's god. Fine. Here's why. You know the differences between y'all and me? I make this look good. It's finally time to open the junk drawer. This week on the junk drawer, we are doing my personal, I don't know if it's my favorite movie, but I love this movie. If you couldn't tell from our cold open, we are talking about Triple X, the 2002 film starring Vin Diesel, Samuel L. Jackson, and a couple other friends of the junk drawer. I am Bryce Howell. I will be your guide through uh, various Eastern European countries as we gun down random bad guys. I'm joined by my co-host, Mario Rico. Hey everyone, I am co-hosting this one. I will be fighting back the urge to throw up from disaster. Honestly, how dare you? <laughs> and Cole Brown. Hey, uh, I'm excited to talk about probably the best movie that's ever been made. Oh my God. Oh my gosh, this I have This to might leave. be our lad po last podcast. This is it. Because we might break everything. The funding is being pulled. So, our sponsors are going to kill us. Our sponsors are pulling out. Uh, so, of course, we always start with our personal ratings of the movie. So, we do a scale from 0 to 100, but not like an A, B, C, D grade school scale. A 50 is an average movie on our scale. So, keeping that in mind, I don't even know if I want to hear what you have to say, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I'll start it out. Um, I have a question before I delve in here. Are you... I've been a pretty good friend to you. You would agree, right? Eh, well, we'll see. Pretty good friend. Um, do you hate me in any way? Do you not like me? Uh, I haven't decided yet. Because what you made me watch made me think that you were trying to torture me. Because this was one of the least enjoyable things I've ever had to sit through in my entire life. Um, oh it was I truthfully don't even know how you can say poorly that. acted. The action sequences were horrible. You are oh my gosh. Job. There are You've scenes where you wrong. can tell that the stuntman. It just was like a lazy fan film that they made with a, an iPhone. I'm gonna give it a nice, generous 12 percent. It was abysmal. You've I feel like wrong. you can say you can say, and I'll give you your opinion. You can decide that this is a bad or good movie. But to describe this as an unenjoyable watching experience I, is impossible listen, to understand. I said that about, I think Daredevil is an Oscar contender compared to this. This was, made me nauseous at times, annoyed. I just, I hated it. I hated it with every fiber of my being. I will never watch it again unless some lovely lady comes into my life and makes me watch it. Then I might do it for her. You know who you are, lucky lady. She's an <laughs> undercover check agent. Oh, it was just such a lazy attempt at a Hollywood cash grab. Oh, no. Let me balance the scales here. Please balance it. I am giving this, I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm giving this a 76%. Okay. I believe this might be, 
in my personal category, my best worst movie. There, there is not another movie I could ever imagine that is this good while also being this bad. I like that description. I do. And so for me, I don't care. I, I would tell. I would not describe this as an Academy Award winning movie, but I would describe this as one of my favorite movies of all time. Okay. I and I wish I could have that. And I understand your description is perfect. Best bad movie. I just I didn't get any enjoyment. I don't have the nostalgia that you guys have for it. I didn't see it as a kid. I was a first time viewer as a twenty seven year old man. And right. so, because I'm a film snob, I like to call myself that, I just couldn't, I couldn't get into it, guys. Bryce mentioned something when we did Starship Troopers, and he said, you know, oh, we, we try to kind of separate ourselves from the source material when we rate, and he just laughed. He said, for this particular movie, there's no way that I can separate myself from my viewing experience, and that's why it's always going to be at this rate in my head. So I think for me, in a lot of ways, Triple, Exe Triple X exists, and the same thing for me, like... There will never be a time in my life where I think Triple X is a bad movie. I would have rather watched the online Triple X. It's not an it's an adult film. How dare you? <laughs> so, I, I like I said at the top, like this isn't my favorite movie, but I, and Cole's description of it's the best bad movie of all time is a hundred percent accurate. But th like this more than any other movie, I have so much trouble separating my nostalgia for this movie from whether or not it's actually a good movie. So like, just for some context, this movie came out one year after Fast and Furious. So I'm approximately 12 years old, 13 years old as these are coming out. And they came out a year apart, but in my recollection, they came apart, they came out like a week apart from each other. <laughs> like I was watching Vin Diesel drive cars fast and then I was watching Vin Diesel go parachuting off of a car <laughs> a week apart. And like, after seeing those movies, preteen Bryce was like, He's the best movie star who's oh. ever existed. Like, all I want is Vin Diesel movies for the rest of my life. And that hasn't changed. So, like, I didn't write down a he Metacritic rating. He is the patron rating. saint of the junk chore. He is the patron saint of the junk chore. He is perfect for movies. And I, I didn't write His down His best performance is Groot. Because I don't know what to give this movie. Because in, like, in my soul, this movie is perfect. <laughs> and I know it's not. I know it's not. I know it's so cheesy. I can't even come up with a number. You gotta right? give a number. We gotta keep the, the pin. You gotta keep. Oh, I'm not gonna be closest to the pin. I know. I'm for not sure. <laughs> I like. I don't know. Like, do I give this movie a 90? I love this movie. I like. I have literally, like, every cheesy quote. I don't even care except for one that I might mention later, so, but I might not just to talk about how great. So this it movie sounds is. like a 90 is what you're saying. Yeah, sure. All right, that's fine. Hell, a 90. All right. So anyway, the Metacritic rating which is what we use because they rate things about the same way we do, is a 48. So just under an average movie. So who was closest? Cole is technically closest. I'm 36 away? What Cole's are you 26 away. Okay. Oof. Close. Keeping it close there. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I don't deserve it there. I would, I'd rather be further away. <laughs> I want to be higher. closer. Honestly, he doesn't want it. So we have a couple of reviews here uh, that we want to just dig into real fast because I think they're pertinent. and. I, I obviously disagree with them because anyone who didn't give Triple uh, X three out of three stars is wrong. <laughs> um, and so I am only going to go with uh, Roger Ebert, my fast friend, who gave this three out of four stars, which is one star. No, three and a half out of four. Wow. Three and a half out of four. He was high. He was high on this movie. <laughs> what he says is, in his own punk way, Triple X is as good as a good Bond movie in that same. Oh, story. God, please stop. Oh, please, no. But the general this consensus... This is pre-Daniel Craig Bond. This is pre-Craig Bond. That's, that's correct. Mm. 
the general consensus from Rotten Tomatoes, though, is it has an endearing lack of seriousness, and Vin Diesel has more than enough muscle for the starring role, but ultimately, Triple X is a missed opportunity to breathe new life into the spy thriller genre. So I actually felt that way too. Not that I was that insightful, but I felt that they tried, at first I'm like, okay, they know what they they know what they know are, it's a fun action movie, but sometimes I'm like, they're trying hard to franchise this, which <laughs> I would argue they have failed. Yeah, yeah. I agree um, with that. But I see, I don't see, I think Vin Diesel, mm. you're gonna get mad at me. Is he perfect for this role? To an extent, I felt like he lacked the charisma that movie like James Bond has, Double Seven movie has with the lead actor. Like, I didn't like the way he talked. I don't like as an act. Like he, the way he delivered his lines. Like, this is also not a very um, majority opinion amongst people. But my favorite Vin Diesel role is Saving Private Ryan. I think he's phenomenal. He's so good at acting, and that I've never seen him do that before. Again, and so watching Triple X, just I'm like, I can't really get behind this guy. I really don't. I don't care know. I feel like him. I feel like hit the. Literally, like the plot setup for his description, for me eliminates any need for me to have him be suave or oh, like right. charming. Yeah, like it's almost the more rough and abrasive, and kind of unbecoming he seems, the more equipped he is for this plot and this role. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's a good point. And so I've I've heard people say what you're saying, Mario, and some people are like, I don't think Vin Diesel is a good actor because he doesn't seem charismatic. Which I find strange because I think he like sweats charisma. Like I'm so interested in every single line Vin Diesel delivers, no matter how cheesy it is. And especially again, Fast and Furious, year before, very similar movies for a lot of reasons. He is just, there's scenes when he's talking and every extra is looking at him and you're like, yes, that's what would be happening right now if Vin Diesel is talking. Every single eye would be on him. To me, he's not, he's not acting, he's reading lines. Oh, I, 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 I like say I see like The Rock. I think of like you put The Rock in this role, like a movie he could deliver like this, or like Jason Statham. And I think they just have Jason. Jason Statham. Statham. Today's the day you die. But he, they just have like this, these, this charisma that they can carry these movies. I don't know. He lacks it for me, and I might be in the minority there, but it seems like we're all pretty set in our opinions. But we still want to ask the question: Are we sure? Are we sure? about our ratings, are we sure about Triple X? I'm sure, I think for me, again, there's a handful of these movies that exist in my viewing experience where I don't give a crap, you know, kind of what anybody else's <laughs> opinion would be. It's not gonna sway my, my stance on this. And so I'm not saying that like- So you love debates then? <laughs> I mean, to a degree, I'm, I'm open to hearing counter arguments, but a lot of, I feel like things that people would nitpick away from this movie, I really, it doesn't, doesn't begin to crumble the foundation of Triple X in my heart. Yeah. I also recognize that Triple X, this, this particular movie in their franchise, grossed extremely well. Yeah. Um, that I think their budget was somewhere around $70 million and they made almost $270 million. They made $270, so they, they grossed $270, yeah. Yeah, so they did extremely well. To me, it almost exists in a similar category to like the Fast and the Furious franchise that always make a ton of money even though they're not necessarily regarded as, you know, critically acclaimed movies. I feel like there's there's another category of movie where it's like, I really enjoyed watching this. This was awesome. It doesn't have to be, yeah. you know, Oscar contenders. I'm actually on, on the opposite of Cole. Sometimes with movies, um, just with movies, not like everyday life, but if I hear an opinion of someone who is pretty well regarded or res well respected and they viewed the movie in a different way than I did, 
I can watch it a second time with a different opinion and maybe kept, you know, notice things that I didn't the first time. Um, that reminds me of the movie Drive with Ryan Gosling, um, which is a highly critically acclaimed movie. The first time I saw it, I thought it was the dumbest thing ever. After listening to some critics, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll give this movie another chance. Instantly fell in love with the movie, and now it's become a movie I watch quite frequently whenever it's on Netflix. So hearing some of the things that said about Triple X, just some of the brief reviews that you read, Bryce, I think, yeah, I was, fair. I was very harsh on it. Sure, I'll watch it again and maybe have a more lightheartedness to it. Um, I could probably go up 10%, you know, 10, 15, 20%. I still think it's a bad movie, but I would probably watch. I, was, I didn't have rose-colored glasses on, to say the least. And I do want to clarify, but I'm not trying to say that this that my, my stance on every movie is I watch it once, I decide how I feel oh, true, about oh, it. True, true, Like, I think our conversation with Children of Men really changed a lot of my opinions of it in a, in a positive light where I saw it with new eyes of like, yeah, that actually was really incredible the way they approached that specific aspect of it. And so... Let's talk about that movie again. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, with Triple X, man, it's just, it's it's secure. It's locked in the vault. Yeah. And I, I, I think the same way is that, like, this movie has, like, cemented itself into a place in my heart that like I can understand like when Mario's like I don't think it's a good movie I don't understand why you don't think it's entertaining but if it's, if you say I don't think it's a good movie I get it <clears throat> but it, I, I think a lot of it is my personal bias is against Vin Diesel which I know you hate me for but I just don't love the guy and I love this movie like I just do like I've watched it almost I, I've probably seen this movie more than anybody else on the planet <laughs> like I just have and I probably like this movie more than even Vin Diesel himself. Yeah, oh, definitely. So, um, you know, I'm not going to change my mind. That's just where we are. Uh, and this category almost seems superfluous, <laughs> honestly, because we always talk about, like, what's the most efficient fix? Like, if you could change one thing, what changed it from a bad movie to a good movie the quickest? And it's, it's hard to say because Triple X is perfect. Like, it's like, yeah, oh, like asking, what would I change about Citizen Kane? Right. Uh, yeah, like, what, would, what, what could you make better yeah. about the best? I'll help you out here then. Okay, I'll please, help you out please do. What changes the movie? One, one efficient fix. The um, movie does not exist. That's Mario's. <laughs> yes, but, so I don't give Bryce a conniption here, um, I think the, ooh, just one, I think... <laughs> So I, I wanted to say plot, but I'm going to double back now because the plot is simplistic as it needs to be for this type of movie. Yeah, there, it, it's not complicated, but there is yes. a plot. There's bad guys who want to kill yeah. everybody. So yeah. that's fine. One thing that bothered me was, and I've mentioned this to you guys off camera, if you will, um, or off recording device. Off mic is off what mic. we call that. Yes, yeah. that's a mic. Um, some of the props, like the main prop at the end, the boat thing that has the bombs You're on it. you about Ahab? Yes, it's too <laughs> proppy, and it takes me out of the movie. I know it's supposed to. It looked like an Austin Powers prop to me, mm -hmm. and so I would do a little bit better, like spend more money on the budget for, put more money in the budget for the props. But also, the cast could have improved this tremendously for me. I don't think the bad guy was bad at all. I think he did a really fine job, especially the back and forth with Vin Diesel. I liked him a lot. But I remember thinking, if you put an actor that I know in that role, it's going to make me want to come back to see this several other times. Right? He's Martin like the I'm, villain? Yeah, Martin Koskis. Or yeah. I'm not super sure how to say last name. Like, I think it's Sakis. Sakis. I'll, I'll go with Sakis um, for sure. But he is kind of a that guy villain. He's in a oh, couple other movies. Uh, main thing I recognize him from as well, he's in Kingdom of Heaven. He's kind of a pseudo villain in that movie. Uh, and then a the number of others, including so, The Equalizer. Yeah, so it's funny you mentioned Bond earlier and... To me, those movies are like freaking on a pedestal because I love them, especially the Craig ones. 
But you look at someone like Mads, was it Mads Mil- Millikson? Mickelson. Mickelson, um, who plays Maybe the Sheaf in Casino. Mickelson, yeah, who plays the Sheaf. I love him as an, in, in that role. He's such a compelling actor. Yeah. So you really get into the villain. I wish they could have cast someone like that. I, no one comes to mind in 2002. Maybe, I don't know, Willem Dafoe? I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Alfred Milligan. I agree to an extent with that. I, I think part of um, maybe what's competing there is for me when I'm watching the movie, I feel like when I'm watching scenes that Vin Diesel is often the more intimidating force in any environment he's in in these movies. Agree. And so part of it is you need a villain that is, um, you know, scary enough to out-scary Vin Diesel. And maybe, probably Martin Sakis doesn't get all the way there with kind of out-scaring Vin Diesel. And somebody more like Lashif, who is yeah, Mads, Mads Mikkelsen. Or maybe Mikkelsen. Can we be way more Sorry, menacing. Mads, I love you. Um, and so maybe somebody like him could be far more menacing. But going off that real quick, um, I think because Vin Diesel is such a physical, like he's got this prowess about him, like he's going to capture the room no matter what in this movie. I think you'd cast a villain who is the opposite of him. So what came to mind for me is, I don't know if you guys watched the BBC Sherlock. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's Benedict Cumberbatch as Sherlock and Martin Freeman as, as Watson. And they just own every scene because they're so great. The bad guy is like this small, skinny, he's very famous, Andrew Scott. He's actually been yeah, yeah. in a Bond movie. But he's so eccentric and crazy, and he's the perfect match for Sherlock. So I'm thinking they could have got a guy like that. Who well, that's physically. you said Willem Dafoe. I yeah, think. Yeah, so I'm thinking like that. That could have been. That would have just sucked me in more. Been yeah. more compelling. Yeah, I I do think if there's one thing that I agree with you on Mario, it's the props. But you have to remember you're coming off of Pierce Brosnan Bond, which is the propiest James Bond movies. True. And so there is a lot of triple X that is. Um, borrowing from and changing what James Bond did and the props are kind of come with that unlike the Daniel Craig movies which have much more realistic spy gadgets Um, so the ludicrous spy gadgets we'll talk about more later but they are a little bit cheesy 20 years later who who plays Scarecrow in Batman Begins. Oh, he's so good. What's his name? Cillian Murphy. Yes. I think he would have done really well too. He's He's super good at being that opposite of of like Physically menacing and maybe mentally menacing. Yeah. He's pretty young at the time this movie comes out, though, like yeah. Mario mentioned. But yeah, I, I do love Cillian Murphy as well. Um, so, now we can we, we can talk about this for, for hours, honestly. The best scene. And we don't like to do just basic best scene, but like if you were going to convince someone to watch all of X, which scene would you show them? And I would just say, it's the best movie ever made. Just watch the whole thing. But if you had to pick one, what would you pick? And as we transition here, are we both in agreement that neither one of us have an efficient fix? Oh yeah, there, there's nothing wrong with this movie. So you're both perfect. wrong. We're both perfect, in agreement perfect, with perfect. being wrong? Yeah, yeah. There, there's, it's a perfect movie. We've agreed yeah. that. 48% IMDb, but it's perfect. Yeah. It's not even average. There's nothing to be fixed. It's only the Metacritics, and they're all wrong. <laughs> What's your best scene, Mario? My best scene is... I kind of have... One is a cool scene that encapsulates what the movie's about, and then the other one's just like a cool movie acting scene. Yeah. I'm just going to let all y'all go first and then I'll just talk about whatever okay. scene we didn't get to talk about yet. So I think it's like his third, maybe second or third training exercise where they're in the plane and they have to like, they get kicked out of the plane essentially and he said, what's the line he said? I live for this shit. I live for this shit. Like that, okay, that was cool. It was like, oh sweet, he's going to jump out the plane. You know who only, there's only one other person I know who jumps out of the plane better and that's Tom Cruise because right. he actually jumps out of the plane. Yes. Um, but that scene was so cool and then they land and he just knows right away. He's like, these two guys are, these fools are going to die. I don't want to hitch my wagon to these guys. 
So that scene and the other one. Quick I'm, note on that ahead. scene. As soon as they get off the plane, one of the other triple X candidates immediately knows they're in Colombia because he recognizes the coca plant that cocaine comes yes. from. Yes. Now, I'm not an expert. pocketing stuff. That guy's such a bad actor. <laughs> I'm not an expert, but I do know plants pretty well. But I don't think if you dropped me, I would be like, that's a cocaine plant. Like, what is he, a botanist on the side? <laughs> we don't need to go with a microscope here because uh, it will expose a lot with this movie. That's why I look um, at it from 30,000 And then he does away. start to put leaves in his pocket, which, which I don't think, You know what again, this stuff's worth back in the States? Not an expert on how you make cocaine. But I Close don't think to. you're getting there. I don't think cargo pockets is no. part of the fermentation process. No. So depends on how thick the cargo is. That's yeah. true. <laughs> We're bringing cargos back, baby. Um, so, not one the shorts, pocket at a time. Not the shorts, the pants. So that one, and then I, I did like the interaction with um, the female lead. I don't know the actress's name off the top. Asia Argento. Yes, um, Argento. Mm -hmm. Italian. She's Italian. Yeah, um, I think she was horribly underutilized. So some scenes she comes off so well and then they're like just forget about her and they're like okay mm -hmm. let's make her the love interest i kind of think um so they're in the restaurant where she's revealing that she's a double agent and um the sniper is watching them and he's like okay we have to pretty much create this ruse so we can get out of here and he gets like the tray and yeah. i thought that was pretty cool that was pretty spyish of yeah him. And, it's a good scene also yeah, yeah. um so those are mine yeah so i think for me best scene um uh, and I, I probably exist again with a similar Categories Bryce here is I could just go for a long time talking about all the scenes and why I feel like they're the best um, And so I'll do two quickly if I'm giving a scene to Maybe sell the movie as a style or as a you know plot point of the movie I would go with just that opening scene where you get Ben Diesel stealing the car from the rich guy and doing his on-camera interview kind of introducing his character this Xander Cage like persona ramping it off a bridge and he's doing like you can tell he's also edgy because he's talking about this guy who's a councilman named dick you know whatever his last name is but he just keeps purposefully saying his first name dick like hodgkiss yeah dick hodgkiss and he goes come on dick don't be a dick like he just keeps pausing on it on purpose yeah. so you get like very much thrown right into okay this guy is like super badass he's doing it all also the way they introduce that senator like, it's such a caricature of a human being because yeah. he's insulting Triple X, assuming he can't speak English, and then says, I pay too much for you people, and he's just being a douche. And then, when Triple X is telling you what he's done as Senator, he's like, oh, he tried to ban rap music, and he tried to ban video games. It's like, this guy's a freaking caricature. So, like, what is going the on? in me, that whole scene is like, God, I just... I want him to get caught and prosecuted. Like, you can't get away with... You can't root for him. You can't How get dare away you? with stuff like that. <laughs> You're rooting for Dick. No, no, I don't root for... You're the, a dick. I'm not rooting for the Come system. Come on, I'm rooting dick. for the system. I'm rooting for the system. Down right? with the system. Triple X is sticking it to people um, like you. And then also... That's right, why you didn't like it. Right I was so glad we got arrested. Uh, right out of that scene, you get his... Um, like, his underworld, home world that he has with, like, half pipe in his apartment and like this whole kind of like culture that he's created with his persona. So that's... There's a really bad line in that scene. The girl says before he goes up, I can't remember it. Which which girl? I think one of the girls is like... There's the girl that is like his friend who is played by Eve, by the way, who sings the song, uh, Let Me Blow Your Mind. We all remember. Um, but then there's the other girl who's trying to pitch him on being in a video game. Yeah, that girl. Okay. She says he never says out. What is it? She, I mean, she calls her out. She says he never sells out. That's what makes He's him never going to sell out. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's so... A couple other cameos in that scene, which is great. 
But Triple X is best friends with Tony Hawk, which is really nice. That Tony was cool. Hawk is, is driving his getaway car and then skating the half pipe at Triple X's house. Uh, a couple other famous people we had there Mike Vallely, another famous skateboarder, uh, and Matt Hoffman, who's a famous BMX player. And they, they include all these people to show that like Triple X has cred amongst the extreme sports crowd. But it is kind of cool to I, watch it and be like, oh, sweet, Tony Hawk. I want to say this I was a little let down because I didn't think they utilized that part of his character very much as much as i expected i thought it was going to be like all motocross skateboarding snowboarding i thought there was going to be we were just going to be inundated with these scenes especially in his past before he becomes the agent but he really just steals the car does the stunt off the bridge gets arrested and then we go into his training aside from tony hawk and matt Vallely doing the skateboarding thing he doesn't skateboard the snowboarding scene is like the one thing. I well, just I he was dirt bikes a lot. He dirt bikes a lot. Yeah, through I guess through uh, was it Cambodia he, or not Cambodia, wherever Columbia. he is, Columbia. And, and he does the skateboard ramp with the platter from the. Yeah, I just say, and I he guess dirt I, bikes again away from the complex. Yeah, I think I was uh, tainted from the trailer from the new one when they're like, he's like snowboarding down like a, a transformer. Yeah, and that's the <laughs> opening scene from Return of Xander Cage, uh, which yeah. is so anyway. Abysmal. That's the best scene I would show to paint the picture of the movie. My favorite scene I would show somebody for like, hey, if you want to be along for the ride of like what this movie can be and it's worst, which I would say is it's best, is I would show them the avalanche scene. Yes. Because uh, of just how beyond ridiculous it is. I think I fell asleep on that one. All the things that happened in that moment. I'm like, if you can quote unquote make it through this, you are, you're a triple X. He's out <laughs> snowboarding. Or on a snowboard, he is out running an avalanche, <laughs> and guys on uh, snowmobiles. Snow snowmobiles. Yeah, and he's just like that's impossible, but it's so incredible. And he just does the big jump and like <laughs> hangs onto the radio Gosh. tower. Oh, it's so. And I think the song good. is playing is like down with the sickness. At one point, oh, it's the like the body is, hit the floor. The music is. Oh, that is that song. It's that yes. song. Let the boss. So, I'm glad you brought that up. I thought, please don't kill me for this. Worst soundtrack to a movie I have ever oh, heard. Strong disagree. I'll see y'all later. <laughs> it was, I had a headache. Oh I was my like, gosh. this is so oh! stupid. It accesses like a niche of music that like, at that time, was crazy yeah. popular. No musical talent, just screaming. What are you talking about? No. I wanted Sinatra, all right? I wanted Dean Martin. Where's the Italian? Yeah, Sinatra here? would have really flown really well in this movie. My kind of town. <laughs> Um, so I'll just mention one scene that you guys didn't mention that I love, and I actually was my number one pick anyway, is from the moment we see Danny Trejo with the machete, of course, to the moment that uh, X gets taken by some more military guys, but <clears throat> he fights Danny Trejo and wins because of course he does. You see him save that one guy as the one guy tries to run away, and then he's just dirt biking all over this compound. He does a dirt bike, tail whip to the face of some other guy. It's an incredible scene. It's so over the top. You can also very visibly tell that it is not Vin Diesel riding the dirt bike around. But you know what, I don't even care. I'm into it. Um, and I think if I was gonna show somebody one scene, I think that's the scene because it shows everything that you get in this movie. Yeah, stealing into tidbits for just a second. Go for it. On that particular scene since we're on it right now. Part of the funny thing with why it looks maybe so bad or so noticeably not him is the way they accomplished it is the stunt driver literally drove around, did the stunts with a helmet on. Then they CGI'd Vin Diesel's face over a helmet. Oh my gosh. And so it was, uh, it was significant to get back to where it is now. Not but, great. Yeah. 
and, and I, we can almost skip this category as well. <laughs> we call it worst scene, like which scene makes the movie bad, but there's... You are... There's, I mean, it's I'll, I'll help you. I'm gonna help you. I'm helping you home. Mario, why are you unrolling a whole scroll? <laughs> <laughs> I am helping you. <laughs> what do you got, Mario? What, what is right. the quote-unquote worst scene? What scene breaks All the right, movie? So what's the, the runtime of the film? Do you know? It's relatively short. I think it's about 90 minutes. I'll pull it up real okay, fast. So from, I think it's an hour and 42. From like the last seven minutes are watchable. The credits. Oh, it's 124. So it's, put, oh, it's two, two hours. If you put the credits on mute because the music sucks, it's the best part of the movie. The rest of it is just shit. You can throw it out. I know you're joking, but, but the no. credits are pretty well done also. Oh, gosh. So the worst scene, though, to get back to, to the thing here. On the thing. I'm watching the lady on the thing. Step Brothers. Uh, worst scene. He puts his hand in his pants. Um, okay. Oh, we're still on okay. Step Brothers. Worst scene. Okay. I think... I don't know if you would count this the climax. Would you count the climax, the, the avalanche scene, or when he's on the ship? Okay, he's on... So here's what happens. He... The ship that's carrying these, essentially, bombs that are going to emit toxins. Yeah, chemical weapons. Chemical yeah. weapons. They get out of this this layer, right? And the bad guy gets away on a speedboat, and very anticlimactically, he at, actually shoots him dead. As he's driving away on the boat, and then goes, oh, and he dies. I'm like, oh, after not being able to shoot him. So the boat is on its way, and Xander Cage actually gets onto the boat, and the military and and the CIA, is that who is running this show? For uh, NSA. 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 Uh, they're all on this and bridge. And the Czech Air Force. Yeah, and they're, and they're watching, and... And he's on this bridge, and he's got to, like, diffuse the bombs before it hits the thing or the wall, whatever's happening. The clock is ticking down. It's a classic Hollywood thing. To me, I, I just couldn't. I'm rolling my eyes the whole time. Like, this is such a horrible way to end this type of movie, which you're thinking is sort of unique because he's got these cool stunt abilities. I thought it was a lazy ending to the movie for me. Well, he, he does parachute out of the car and land I, but, on the thing. This is the thing. I'd seen him do the parachute bit already. Well, it's a little bit different. I'm just, saying, I'm just saying for me, that took me out. That's what I thought the worst. And then the other one is, and again, it's because I love Bond. I hated the copy of Q. They gave him the gadgets. I thought the nerd kid was funny. He was a good actor. I liked yeah, yeah. You know who he's a carbon copy of? Who? Jason Bateman. He, he is kind of like young Jason Bateman. Like the way he, though. I don't know that he is. Bateman's he's, he's, just a skinny dude. Right? I don't know. He, but like the way he delivered lines, his like kind of the, his animation of himself. Like I was like, Jason Bateman could be standing right in front of the screen huh. right now. Um, <laughs> so I hate to say that because I love Bateman. He's one of my favorites. So yeah, so he was in this movie. Put in this movie. But yeah, so that and the the the, the Bond attempt at Bond bothered me too. So Cole, did you? I mean, come on. There's man. nothing, right? Come on. If you're gonna, if, if, if you're holding Xander Cage's gun to my head, <laughs> a uh, well, Xander won't shoot you. That's the great thing about yeah. Xander. He'll shoot you with a blood spider dart. Uh, yeah, Bryce. Obviously, for me, worst scene is a superfluous category. I'm not sure why it's included here. Uh, even on my notes, I've left it blank. Do you guys know where we are right now? What we're doing? This isn't the Triple X Variety Hour. Oh it no, it should is. Be. It actually is. It should be. Cole and I are going to start a spin-off podcast. I'm in podcast. the house. This is kind of our PSA for the... A uh, hundred episode podcast, breaking down each individual scene of Triple X. This is my nightmare. Subscribe to our Patreon. Surely my um, only complaint with a movie is that it is a terrible, Googleable, Googleable uh, title. That when you type in Triple X, oh, yeah. obviously good. there's a lot of terrible things you can find Well, you have to type that. XXX movie. Yeah, XXX movie, dash Vin Diesel, dash... In parentheses, not porn. Exactly. <laughs> Dash, however, if you think a porn selection would be more entertaining, 
Maybe. So part of me, I want to blame Hollywood for why not just call it like the triple X so that I could have had a way easier time with my search history. Or like a piece of advice. Drop the the. <laughs> oh God. Social network shots. Just triple X. Or like our Twitter feed. How about the underscore triple X X underscore the movie. But for me, yeah, there's no worse scene. Um, so if there's one scene that isn't great, uh, it's the club scene for me. Not the first club scene when he gets like ingratiated with Anarchy 99, but the second one where he's kind of like proven himself by fake killing the police. Club Electric. They go to the club with oh. just open lightning bolts. Like I guess Nikola Tesla invented this club and they're hanging out and it's it's weird just across the board. Like he's bonding with the bonding with the villain character because they have like similar but different worldviews. And so they recite this line <laughs> that they say, if you think you're free, try urinating on cheese. And they both say it like it's a cool thing to say. What does that even mean? I don't, well they're saying like, America stands for freedom, but if you think you're free, try urinating on cheese, which I guess means that you're not free because you can't pee on cheese. I don't fully Why understand it. Why can't you pee on cheese? Because that is against the law. Where? Everywhere. Not in America. Yeah, it is. Peeing on a piece of cheese. At a deli. That's the part of the line. Going to a yeah. deli. And so you mean public urination. Yes, is a, exactly. Like a misdemeanor. <laughs> so, yeah. They say it like it's a cool thing. It's not it's a cool not thing to cool. say. And then uh, the, the villain character <clears throat> explains like what Anarchy 99 is about. And Vin Diesel's like, yeah, but what are you going to do? Like, there's always been rules, always will be. And he's like, maybe not. And then like ominously walks away. <laughs> and then... Triple X meets up with Asia Argento's character. Like tries to hit on her. It's weird. And like he's like trying to hit on her. And she does this laugh where she goes like, ha! And you're like, and she's a good actress. So you're like kind of taken aback that you're like, what? Did she cough slash laugh? <laughs> like what is happening? She gagged because she's like, ugh. And then he, she walks away from him because she's trying to walk away. And he follows her. And she like looks angry at him. And she just turns around. It starts making out with him. You're like, wait, what? And then she says, like, that's and then the she's last like, time. It'll never happen again. And he's, he's like, what? Cool. Like, at this point. And then that's the party. And there's, like, weird B-roll of, like, weird people dancing and also being electrocuted at the same time. And in cages. <laughs> yeah. Cages. Everyone's always in a cage. It's a weird Xander scene. Cage. You watch it and you feel, like, you feel a little strange afterwards. So before we move on, I have to say this. And you guys, please, just give me some credit here. The worst start to movie. I've ever seen. I actually like the opening scene. Oh my god. I chose it as my best scene, so. No, he did not. You. No, he means the the, the other spy, not the Vindicator. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Oh my god, that weird German band. So. And the, the, the guy's like being passed around, he's dead. I, I couldn't watch it. It took me like a half hour to get through that scene. Well, it looks it's, like he did a trust fall on the ground. No, but like the music is head Well, it's so this horrible. steps on. Uh, tidbits a little bit for me, but the band playing in that scene is a very famous German band. Good for them. Called Ramstein or Ramstein. And it, Probably they're playing Stein. A, yeah, Ramstein, I guess. <clears throat> playing a song of theirs that's pretty popular called oh. Fire Fry, which means in German, fire at will. Uh, and so it, it's like, I don't know, I like that scene because it's showing the like subversion of so many of the oh. James Bond tropes. Because the guy's obviously a fake James Bond. He comes in, does James Bond stuff. And then he goes into this place and he sticks out like a sore thumb. And I think that's kind of interesting like statement of the movie of like what Samuel L. Jackson says later is like we need a different type of spy. Two, two things happened. It reminded me of that the other movies did much better. The one was uh, the movie Cole hates Temple of Doom or as he calls it Temple of the Doom where they're like getting ready to pull the guy's heart out and they're all in that temple. <laughs> and they're chanting. That's what it reminded me of. And then John Wick 2, which did it tremendously, 
they're in Italy in the catacombs and they have that giant club party going on with that band and there's action happening. So yeah. it, both of those together remind me of this and this was not executed well. Oh, disagree. Uh, all right, you forced me. Go ahead, do it. So if I am going to pick a worse scene, and this maybe talks a little bit into our next category. Uh, we talked about, uh, I think Bryce has it here, for most unbe unbelievable stunts. Yes. Because um, there's a tremendous amount of stunt work that went into this movie. Uh, obviously, if you're going to have a movie that's based around a hero that is you know, very action-oriented, hopefully there's lots of things that he's doing that are action-oriented. So for me, that's probably my only complaint is I am not a motocross rider. I don't know if you know that about me. I've never, I've ridden a dirt bike once, but a lot of the stunts they set up with the dirt bike, if you know a little bit about physics and a little bit of what's going on, it becomes really hard to watch and kind of allow to happen. And so there's several times where Vin Diesel does a very major jump on a dirt bike. So Bryce mentioned one where uh, when they're breaking up this Colombian drug cartel, he uses his dirt bike to launch off a ramp and then uses the back tire to face slap a guard and knock him off his tower. There's another time <laughs> where he ramps off this giant roof as it's exploding in that same scene. Um, later when he's escaping a compound, he uses like what was essentially a guardrail to stop cars from leaving to ramp over the gate. And so he has all these major jumps. Also, when he, sorry, when he jumps over that gate at the very end, he has a moment to do a Superman seat grab and pistol shoots one of the guards out of the air and then lands it. So my complaint with all of those is all of those, he just, the impression is that he just lands on flat ground. And if you watch motocross or have seen dirt bike people do major jumps, there's always a re, you know, receiving ramp. There's a down ramp that they're actually landing on to decrease the impact from kind of coming out of the sky. But so for me, there's parts where I'm just like, okay, every single time he's jumping, is he just landing on flat ground and he's <laughs> shattering his spine three times in a row at this point? You know, that's the part where I'm like, yeah. let's, let's, you know, give me, give me a cart that is overturned a little bit or something for him to land on, at least try to bridge that narrative. So that does lead into our next category of the stunt work is, as Cole mentioned, incredible. And some of the stunts obviously could not occur in real life. They have to happen in a controlled movie environment. So which of the stunts did you guys think was most unbelievable? And so I have a couple nominees, but if you think of one that I don't list, feel free to add it in. Uh, so I, I, I gave them some pretty good names too. Uh, bridge car base jump, which we know is the first one. Motor motorcycle jump over exploding cocaine field, which is the one Cole just mentioned. Mm -hmm. uh, food platter rail guard, which we talked about yep. as well. Motorcycle drawbridge ramp, which uh, Cole, I think, also mentioned. Parachute snowboard avalanche, which there's a lot going on there. Uh, and parachute landing on Ahab, which uh, Mario also mentioned earlier as well. So which of those stands out to you as the most, like, yeah, right stunt? Um, probably the avalanche one, just because he freaking outruns an avalanche. Right, which I is mean, unlikely. Like, not that the other ones aren't believe like on un, not unbelievable um it's funny that the 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 one over uh the cocaine fields that's the one i remember distinctly where you can tell it's not vin diesel yes it's a different guy it's horrible um i also don't know why that building explodes so much cocaine know, is highly flammable. okay i remember thinking this though um again I, I referenced entourage a couple times on the podcast there are scenes and uh, for those of you who have never seen entourage go watch it but the main character, Vinny Chase, is an actor. And there's a lot of times behind the scenes of making movies where they have these Hollywood sets where things are exploding. And it's like the before shots before they edit the movies. And you're getting to see what that looks like as you're watching Entourage. Watching Triple X, 
watching the explosions happen, it, to me it looked like it was a scene out of Entourage, where they're like, oh, this is pre-edit scenes. Like, they're just exploding buildings, and later on they're going to give you context as to why this <laughs> is happening. Um, but I would go back. So, yeah, I'd say my most unbelievable one for for this movie is definitely the avalanche. The whole avalanche scene is just like... Absurd. Also, it starts with him... The one, the person driving, the woman driving the plane is a plane or a helicopter. It's a plane. Plane <clears throat> says, "I can't get you low enough to drop you." Like, sorry. And he's like, "I got it." <laughs> he just jumps out of the plane, and then he parachutes with a snowboard on, land like barely lands, and just is automatically snowboarding at a thousand miles per hour. Like, pause, pause. Also, land. rewind back to him in air. They do this thing where they add drama where it looks like there's like an updraft that throws him for a loop where he's like all of a sudden flipping out of control. Oh, I think he's doing that as like a stunt. The way it appears to me on screen is that he's like doing his perfect descent and then all of a sudden you see him like flip upside down and like they do this like above camera shot looks like he's like out of control. And again, I've, I've skydived before. I don't Have think of really? myself as a skydive expert. But like updrafts don't work like that, where all of a sudden you're just like being thrown back <laughs> upwards. Like gravity is still happening, you're still just falling. I, I took he's it as he's just doing cool stunt stuff. Okay. Like he jumped out and he's not just gonna go down feet first. He's gonna go head first, spin around, corkscrew a little bit, and then he's gonna <laughs> oh land. Oh gosh. Yeah, I think my I agree a little bit with Mario is is that being a pretty unbelievable stunt. Obviously it's it's fake. You know, it, it did not really How dare you? They did not really <laughs> cause an avalanche and then have him snowboard in front of it. But Tom think, Cruise would have done that. I think a, a failure maybe a little bit on their editing of that sequence is they allow the avalanche to be too close to him too soon. Yes. Again, and so did the, anyone edit this movie? The, the, the angst in your heart of like, oh, he could possibly get hurt by this thing or he's going to get crushed by it happens like right at the very beginning and then the whole time he's just inches in front of it. Whereas I would probably prefer for it's like at the very end he just makes it out before it's finally about to get him. Right. Or it's almost like they have it like a wave where you're surfing and like the waves closing out, but like that's how waves work. Like you can always be right at the closeout of a wave, but that's not how avalanches work. <laughs> They're probably gaining momentum. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that's probably the most unbelievable. Special mention to the, uh, as I called it, motorcycle jump over exploding cocaine field, which is absurd. Um, a couple times he seems to ramp 15 feet in the air off of no ramp. Like, just, yeah. that's the jump. <laughs> just ring! <laughs> calves yeah, and just, thighs. He just squats that bike up over a ring, 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 ring. guard fence. <laughs> I'll also give special mention to what I think is truly the most unbelievable because it defies all physics, is the platter skateboard rail. Right. Yeah, but I thought that was because so Because there's cool, a point but... in which where he's going down the rail and then he literally rounds a corner. Like, but not <laughs> yeah. on a continuous rail. Yeah, yeah. There's a gap in the rail and it's a right turn, like an acute angle. And he literally ramps <laughs> off a of one, his whole body does a Mario move, and then he continues the grind. A Mario move? Oh, Super, Super Mario. Mario. Yeah, sorry. Like, I've done that before. <laughs> Which, and then there's, oh, another thank part, you. <laughs> there's another part of that scene that I never have understood, even from my first time watching it, is how the guy with the sniper has an angle on him the entire time. Like he's yes. taking shots with him. You lose line of sight pretty quickly yeah. in that situation, <laughs> you would think. But he has like shots all the way into like the final seconds. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, the stunts are great though. I, I mean, they really are what make this movie interesting to me is the idea of like, what I, I've talked a little bit about why I don't like the second one, well, not State of the Union with Ice Cube, I've probably seen that movie one time, but the Triple X Return of Xander Cage, which I was so excited for. I made all my friends see it with me. My dad left the theater. theater. Half hour in. Triple X is interesting to me because, and we'll talk about this in the next section as well, but 
Xander Cage is not an agent. He is a extreme sports guy who gets drawn into this job and you see it consistently throughout the movie. He doesn't want to kill anybody until the very end when he's killing people he knows are very bad. And he's, he's, he's just there to do cool stunts and he doesn't want to do anything. In Return of Xander Cage, he is like, he's like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. Like they're all super duper special agents. And I think that leaves, loses some of the uniqueness of the movie in my opinion. So I do like the stunts, even if they are a little bit over the top. Can That's you, what makes it good. Can you imagine if they had the stunt choreograph choreography from the John Wick movies in these movies? Well, so John Wick is notable because it's directed by a former stunt guy. That's yeah. why like yeah. the stunt emphasis is so heavy in those, those movies are making them real level, and good. Yeah. yeah, they're incredible. My last honorable mention for best stunt uh, is the kiss between Vin Diesel and Asia Argento because their faces come in at each other at about 70 miles an hour. And then their lips are just attacking. Like, whoever choreographed that stunt sequence That's knew so what they true. were doing with the makeout. Oh my it's gosh. Good. good stuff, man. So, uh, next category, X. You can find that type of action on the other Triple X movies. How dare you. <laughs> my next category is X versus Q. So this is going to make Mario mad, but oh God, no. they obviously tried to allude to James Bond with the gadgets that they have. So uh, their fake Q, I don't even remember this guy's name, but- Jason he, Bateman? <laughs> fake Jason Bateman gives Triple X some pretty cool gadgets. Uh, so without going through all of them, did any of his little gadgets that he gets stand out to you? I thought it was kind of lame that he had like the toxin darts, but you said he doesn't kill people. So they gave him like all these like- The toxin, the- Or like the darts that- There's knockout darts and then there's darts that make it look like you were shot. Right, yeah, it's a tranquilizer yeah. and then a fake shot. Blood splatter And then a real shot. Yeah, I thought that was corny and then- And when, remote ones he never uses. There's there's like a- Yeah, he never uses the remote dart. Yeah. And then when, which like why show us? And then he gives him the car. He's like, I got it all souped up for you. It took me a half hour. I just taped everything. It was like Legos. I built Lego. Like that was stupid. I couldn't pick one. You didn't like the scene before where it, it's doing a pan over all the things. He goes, I want all that in there. Yeah, that's why I, I, don't, I can't pick one. No problem. I can't pick one. <laughs> I will go for this. Go for it. I get it. This movie does not have to be real. I, I'll never say it has to be real. It's based on a true story. But those binoculars are beyond understanding for me. Beyond binoculars. Yes. So there he go. You know, he's introducing him to these binoculars that have all these different vision modes. He's like, every little boy's fan fantasy penetrator mode. And oh it's, yeah. It's, you know, an X-ray binocular. So he's seeing through like a woman's dress, and you can see like her skeleton for a second. But then it's like racking focus between layers of her skin. So you go from like skeleton. You go from skeleton to underwear. And it's like, oh, that's super cool. But then later, when he actually gets to use that in action, they set it up like this. They put Vin Diesel on the opposite side of a room with a brick wall between them. And he uses them to look through and like, okay, is it gonna be like kind of sonar kind of look, like almost like Daredevil vision? Like are you gonna yeah. see right. like the outlines the of skeletons. things? Very fitting we reference Daredevil in this shit movie. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but what happens again is it racks focus between like the structure of the room beyond the brick wall to literally he can see with perfect clarity and color all the things in it. And he even starts taking pictures with the binoculars in perfect color. I go, there's nothing that exists that works like that, where you just get to have a brick wall. <laughs> brick wall of the yeah, new iPhone. Yeah. yeah, forgot that camera setting. <laughs> Side note, and this might be a controversial opinion, but- Careful then. Vin Diesel is acting the crap out of that scene. Oh God, Because he's no. by himself in this moment, and he obviously can't really see. So it's just like, hey, pretend you see people dying. And he's like, 
he looks like he's like physically upset, like he's about to throw up at watching those people die. Uh, I think he's doing a great job in that scene. Um, I think the coolest gadget uh, is the the little gun with the blood spider darts. Obviously, the blood spider darts are a bit silly, but it does play into the whole theme yeah. of the movie of like he can make it look like he kills somebody, like he is this super hardened criminal, uh, and he doesn't have to actually kill him. It really compliments the, the X character. This reminds me, it's not really, it wasn't a gadget of his, but a gadget, if you will, a the heat-seeking missile scene <laughs> where they're we don't trying to talk about that. they're gonna try to kill a guy and he's and Vin Diesel remembers like, oh, he's a smoker. Just shoot the missile in the vicinity of where the guy might be because it'll attract to the cigarette. But he also, told him the cigarettes might kill him one day. And they and they blow him up. It was so oh god, it was like a little kid writing the script there. Yeah, like the Crayola. I'm not super familiar with how heat-seeking missiles work, or even if they're real things. They are real. They are real. But like... But not... Is they it wouldn't his, pick up a cigarette. But he's a person with the temperature of about 100 yes, degrees. So wouldn't the they just pick up on him anyway? Well, we don't have to bring the science into this. Like, he also fires it in a small room. Does it have time to even turn to then <laughs> yeah. go to him? Like, it's not like it's in open air. You're firing from one jet to another. And... Oh, God. And he goes, isn't that a rocket launcher? Shoot that. And the guy's like, it's not a rocket launcher. It's a heat-seeking missile. And it's like, no, actually, this gun right now. <laughs> it reminded me of the SWAT, our episode on SWAT, where we are talking about, like, uh, bad... Kansas City? No, like, bad uh, guys used to have, like, you know, your our AK-47s and yeah. whatever. And now we're giving them, like, grenade launchers. And but these are the good launchers. guys with the rocket launcher. Yeah, but just even, like, the fact that like, they pull up with like, this heavy artillery in this small little room, I was like, why would you have that? You never know. You Bar just never know. <laughs> Barring back to Mars complaint, even on the set piece with Ahab, which is this submarine. Well, he describes it as a submarine that can circumnavigate the globe and pop up just to deliver its little presence to the bad girls. And, like, he does his... Stupid. His Russian accent's pretty bad. He is not. He's New Zealand, so it's, he's a New Zealander. Um, New Zealander. He's a New Zealander. He's a Kiwi. Actually, that's what they would oh. call themselves. Um, but part of me is, if it is a submarine, which it is, I don't understand why. Now watching it for this this time, I noticed it for the first time. Is why does it have jet propulsion? Like it has actual <laughs> like fighter jet propelling yeah. elements. Like he presses a button, you see the engines turn on, and all of a sudden it's going eighty miles an hour. I don't know that something could exist where it would have jet propulsion and the ability to go underwater. Yeah. Well, he doesn't mention this, but it can also fly. <laughs> no way. <laughs> it can actually transform into a robot. <laughs> and that's how Transformers starts. There you go. Uh, so. Put Vin Diesel in Transformers. Everyone's great. favorite section is tidbits. Tiddly bits. Tiddly bits. Tidbits Tiddly this bat. week is presented by... Oh my by... god, look at his tidbits. Stop. Presented by Kodak. Uh, Kodak sponsored all of Triple X's videos, and they also sponsor our podcast now. Still, they're still a company. No, they went bankrupt. No, they're still. Well, they're still a company. Honestly, if they sue us, we'll survive. So, <laughs> did anyone find any fun tidbits oh, from this movie? I found a couple. Go for it. Um, a casting what if? Give me. A they casting initially what if. wanted the Hulk himself, Eric Bana. So <laughs> the original crappy Hulk. Eric Bana was to play Xander Cage. It would not have been nearly. It would have been a different movie. It, it would, would not, not have been, been good. No, it would have just, like. I don't think it'd be you watch Triple X for Vin Diesel. You know what I mean? Well, Eric Bana, I like Eric Bana. Me too. Because he's in another of my favorite potential junk drawer movies, Troy. But he doesn't have yeah. the Vin Diesel. Of it. Yeah, I agree. So that one, and then I thought it was interesting. This was Vin Diesel's first lead role. 
I guess maybe just well, him alone. Fast and, well, I guess Fast yeah. and Furious Paul Walker's kind He's of the lead. Dual so, lead, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So. For me, this there was a lot of tidbits offered in this movie, which was really exciting. Uh, so one of the ones that I, love I it, found about this. Just a good amount of tidbits, you know? <laughs> uh, one of the ones that I thought was really funny, uh, we just talked about it, is that the heat-seeking <laughs> rocket launcher was literally a video camera just painted green with <laughs> some things attached to it. I and so when you that. watch it now, like... When you go home and watch Triple X later, you literally will watch him flip out the digital screen of, oh, yeah. of what is an actual <laughs> digital camera. So it's so funny. It looks terrible. Why did they do When this? you know that it's actually you oh know, a video gosh. camera. Um, on a super sad note. Sad tidbit? I had the sad tidbit too. Me too. I had it too. I didn't want to share it. Um, as we talked a lot about all the stunt work that went into this movie um, and that Harry O'Connor was a stunt player. Uh, and in the scene we talked about, one of you know another very significant stunt that happens in the movie is he harpoons Ahab and then is essentially paragliding from behind it and going down onto the actual structure of Ahab, the little submarine. And Harry O'Connor, who was helping make that scene possible, in the second take of doing it, he collided with a pillar in the bridge and literally died. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Terrible. And that's, like, literally, there's a part of me that was super, like, that's crazy to think that, you know, that can happen yeah. in a movie. You know, you yeah. think of almost being, I don't know, it's hard. Super super sad tidbit. Yeah. So, uh, one more tidbit, uh, a medium tidbit, not, not, not sad. How big is your tid, your bit? Medium size. Medium size. So, uh, and this is just a personal tidbit. It wasn't on Wikipedia or anything like that. But I just thought it was interesting because Born Identity, another spy movie trying to kind of alter the spy yeah. genre, Much comes better. out this Much year. Much better movie. Um, and has a very similar diner scene. Because he has the diner scene uh, in Triple X where he wakes up in the diner. It's supposed to be a real diner. Oh, he that was a cool scene. instantly figures that out that it's cool. not real. And he, he kind of... Lists off all the reasons why. He says, that guy's reading the Wall Street Journal on, on a Sunday. Sunday. Market's closed. And the waitress wouldn't be wearing heels. There's he no had, way. He had a very layman's look at why he picked it out right away. I like, like that. It reminds me of the scene in Born, uh, Born Identity when Matt Damon's character, Jason Bourne, is explaining, like, I know this. I know this. I know this. Why do I know all that? And I don't know who I am. Because it's kind of showing that, you know, he, he has that spy mind that he knows all these things like he says I know exactly how far I can run and how fast I can run so my hands start shaking um, and I just thought it was yeah. interesting because obviously they couldn't have copied each other they came out at the same time they would have been filming pretty much at the same time but they had like the one exact good, same reveal you just said the <laughs> diner scene in next was good yeah. is Born Identity the one where he's a janitor he's like super smart yes best friend's Ben Affleck yeah right exactly <laughs> and then he finds out that he uh, is a secret agent actually well another tip it's a sequel to Good Hunting Good Hunting I mentioned Triple X is not my favorite movie Good Hunting is my favorite movie which you are redeemed now the original script of Good Hunting was longer and turned into Jason Bourne yes yep. quite literally so that would be a crazy double feature spoiler for when we do Good Hunting <laughs> we can't do Good Hunting it's a great movie we can do similar, great movies similar oh, okay. to Bryce uh, another tidbit that I had that was non-related is just a personal tidbit um, is for me, I know Mario said this is the exact opposite, but I thought the soundtrack was done super, super well oh, for this I, movie. I really do like the soundtrack as well. And you guys hate music? <laughs> everything from club sequences to even like the score that's happening within action sequences or in dramatic moments, I feel like it's done really, really well. And then sure enough, I look up who does the sound for this movie. It's this guy, Randy Edelman, uh, who I wasn't like familiar with his name, but as I looked at his filmography, I was super excited and encouraged to know that he also did sound for one of my favorite movies of all time, Last of the Mohicans. 
And no, so no. Um, it was really cool to see that he had done two movies that was And that's super... considered to be a good movie. It is also a good movie. No, no, it's like actually um, considered to be a good and movie. And I don't know his name right now, but even also another one that, that sparked with me was the cinematography. I thought was there's lots of shots in this movie that are done really, really well, like coloring and the lighting, all that kind of stuff. I disagree. Yeah. I looked up his filmography and that guy, whoever, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't remember your name right now, but he did Dances with Wolves. And so I was like, man, you <laughs> love the cold hits. I all my cold hits are being done. That's the, the musical. It's like, oh, he's dancing with the wolves. Yeah, yep. yeah. that's it. Yeah, yeah. And then Balta shows up. Balta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just speaking of the music, one last little tidbit, because it's funny to me. The Triple X soundtrack was uh, obviously existed and it did pretty well. And it's the most 2002 thing ever. It comes out in a two disc set, which is already super 2002. <laughs> There's a heavy metal disc and then the Xander disc, which contains hip hop music. Which okay. to have a, a album soundtrack that's part heavy metal and Hang part hip hop is peak this 2002. This feels like a movie that Ludacris would have done a song for. Did he, he did not. He does okay. a song for Too Fast, Too Furious, obviously. Oh, that's but what I'm saying. I don't think he's on this one. That's Personal cool. confession you should remind me of, Bryce, is uh, this is a, a glimpse into my stupidity. Um, movies or like soundtracks that come out like that or like let's say an artist releases an album when I grew up it was always like oh there would be like 12 or 13 songs on a CD I assumed that was the limit possible so when I would make mixed CDs or things for the car I would always put like 12 or 13 yep. songs on you could like not 20. realizing you could fit like 20 songs on I still did I learned that tonight and so, <laughs> so if you're making mixtapes understand I'm gonna go this. make one who's you making mixtapes you know people. I'm making a mixtape for our trip for our company retreat company cruise. Cruise. Like, cruise. Uh, so, guys, don't hurt my feelings. Does this movie belong in the junk drawer? So this is the epitome of why <clears throat> we started this podcast. This is the junk drawer movie of the year. It's in every junk drawer right now across America, across the big box stores. You will find this movie. It's a shit show. It's it, a junk drawer movie, 100%. It does belong in the junk drawer. I'm offended that it's there. Like I think, I think it exists in the multi-set with the whole series. It's all the Triple X movies in one package deal for $5, and I'm more offended than all of them. You still think I'm offended together. it costs that high of a, $5? I don't know. It, it, it's going to be in the junk drawer. I'm just, I'm just kind of sad to know that it's it there. It should be there. You know what? Come it on. It doesn't. Come on! <laughs> <laughs> this belongs... Every person who wins an Oscar should get this movie with it <laughs> and say, gonna... thank you for trying... You'll never live All up to All our credibility just went out the window <laughs> with Vin Diesel, who jumped with it. So, anyway, that is it for this week's installment of The Junk Drawer. Cole, if people want to suggest a movie, where should they send it? I would love if those people <laughs> would send it to askthejunkdrawer at gmail.com. And understand, as we've said before, we get inundated with all your so requests. So many. God. So we're working through them. Uh, but yeah, keep yeah. sending them. Keep sending all your thoughts to askthejunkdrawer at gmail.com. In English, please. All right? <laughs> wow. Jeez. Someone said uh, it in hieroglyphics last week. If, if you uh, are interested in such things, you can give our Twitter some love. We are at junk underscore drawer underscore pod. Feel free to follow and we will upload a new episode. Or you will know as soon as a new episode is uploaded. Anything else, guys? No. Good night and good luck. The things I'm going to do for my country. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Junk Drawer Podcast. If there's a movie that you want to hear us talk about, then please reach out to us at askthejunkdrawer at gmail.com. See you next time.